0: Finding your path to profit by just doing what you love. Today, I'm going to have with us on Company of One, Jeff Brown from Read to Lead. Welcome to the Company of One podcast featuring Dale Callahan. Dedicated to helping you find freedom in life and with your career. Learn how to not only increase your income, but take control of the income you acquire. Let's ignite that inner entrepreneur in you. Now, welcoming your host, Dale Callahan. And welcome to the show today. I've got an interview today, and I'm going to jump on that in just a minute here with Jeff Brown, uh, the uh, host of the podcast, Read Delete. I met Jeff at a conference, Uh, so let me just give you a little bit of background, and then we'll jump right in there. um, One of the things that I push so often is networking, connecting with other people, learning from other people, uh, learning from books, and we got a double whammy here today because we're going to talk about both, learning from books, learning from other people, learning from their story. Uh, So often, I talk about finding a path to what you love doing. or finding a path to profit or finding a path to a career or whatever you want to call it. You know, it doesn't matter. It's money in your pocket. It's how you make a living. Uh, and by doing what you love, by doing the kind of things that you love doing. And as, uh, Jeff and I sat around and, and, uh, talked and had dinner and, uh, just connected, uh, at a conference and, you know, friends of friends. And, and now fortunately we're friends because I just really learned a lot from just the, the minutes and the hours we spent together uh, from what he had to say. But his story was intriguing, so I told him, I said, Jeff, I I just gotta get you on here because you are are telling that story. So let me give the background of why this matters. If you're that person who's really worried about your work, maybe your job is coming to an end or you think it's going to come to an end. Perhaps you don't really even like your work. Perhaps you've been fired and you're trying to figure out what to do next. Perhaps you're just looking for a different path. You just really need to listen to this today. Not only just the steps that he took, but just the mindset that Jeff had about coming out of a career and finding another one, quite frankly, accidentally. So it's just awesome. So I just want you guys to hear this and hear what he has to say. Um, We are going to get you back on track on the Entrepreneur Dream Academy, which I've had to delay that. Um, So if anybody that some of you been asking, but we've had to delay it mostly because of me. Yes, because of things that I wasn't getting done. But that's okay. We'll get back to that and uh, talk about doing that soon. But for now, let's just jump in here. And hear from my friend, Jeff Brown. I have a great new friend, the guy that I just met uh, at a conference the other day. Uh, he and I were together partaking and partying and having <laughs> dinner and uh, doing some things together. And uh, I was really intrigued by his story, but I'm going to let him tell you a little bit. of it. And so welcoming here with us is Jeff Brown. Thanks, thanks so much for being here, Jeff.
1: Well, thank you, Dale, for having me. I'm excited to to be invited on your show, and I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you so much.
0: And uh, I'll just tell everybody so uh, you know that Jeff is a is a radio guy, so Thanks. he's he's the radio voice is how I'm supposed
1: to be doing it. So, uh, <laughs> so t-
0: t- tell us tell us who you are, what you do, Jeff.
1: Well, yeah, I uh, used to do radio up until about two two and a half years ago. I've been a podcaster now for a little over two years. My podcast launched just coincidentally coincided with my departure from, uh, radio. Uh, but in addition to, uh, my read to lead podcast, uh, I also do some, uh, mentoring and coaching in that area, uh, leveraging m- much of what I learned in-, in radio, uh, to help people. Um, I also, uh, do my share of podcast interviews like this one, which has been great. Uh, it's funny when I started doing a podcast, it never occurred to me that I might be doing interviews on other people's shows. <laughs> and so this is a great vehicle for, uh, or for getting the word out about what I do, thank you for that. And then um, I do a, a, I'm starting to pick up a, a fair amount of public speaking, which I, I truly enjoy on topics like we're going to delve into today, uh, but also uh, specific to podcasting, and then also uh, uh, leadership as well. And and and, to, and sort of secondarily to that, the benefits of of reading intentionally and consistently, and and and, and how I've seen that impact my own my own personal. Uh, trajectory I guess you'd say.
0: That, that's and, and, uh, and Jeff and I were just talking before we got on the air here and uh, it, it, one thing I always ask a group of people Jeff and I, I just came from speaking to a group of high schools and as, as you were pointing out I'm going to get paid a fortune for that Jeff thanks uh, <laughs> the, uh, but, but you know I'm always asking people what are you reading? What, what, how, how many of you read? You know what kind of things are you reading? And it. And of course, I'm talking mostly to you know fairly savvy corporate people, people that you know, high income, um, and and it's shocking the few hands that go up. Mm. I mean, it, it, um, and it, I mean, I'm so I'll even tell them just at least fake it. Do you buy books? You know, I mean, <laughs> do you have them sitting there stacked up? But just not many people are, and I, I just find that. Um, I find that interesting, especially with the uh, the, the title of your podcast, which um, you're taking off of. Uh, who, who is it that says that a lot?
1: Well, the, the first time I ever heard uh, the phrase "leaders read and readers lead," uh, I don't know if it's original to him, but the first time I heard it, I think it came out of Michael Hyatt's mouth. Okay. Um, and so I took that phrase. I sort of shortened that. I kind of. I really that really resonated with me the first time I heard it. Uh, leaders read and readers lead and that's where i came up with or how i came up with the read to lead podcast uh name uh, but i'm uh, uh for a long time i think many people the kind of folks you're talking about are in the. we in the same boat that i was in when i came out of school uh, longer ago than i care to admit um I, I kind of like hung up the learning hat it's like okay great school's over i have a degree now i don't have to learn anymore Uh, School taught me, among other things, to hate reading. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) School taught me to hate writing. Um, It taught me to hate a lot of things, or at least uh, my experience. I'm not bashing school in general, but in my experience, it, it was... Uh, a wonderful day when I got to declare that I no longer have to write a term paper. I no longer have to read if I don't want to read. I don't have to do research anymore. And now I do a podcast that requires me to do all of those things. So uh, (laughs) imagine imagine, uh, just how ironic that is for just a moment. But I think uh, those things that I used to hate that now I truly enjoy, I enjoy in part because I'm doing them for me now, whereas before I was doing them for someone else. But along the way, even before all of that, about 15 years ago, I was blessed to work for a radio company. Uh, the leader of which was an was an awesome man, an awesome leader, a great example of what a leader is supposed to be. He was what uh, author Liz Weisman calls a multiplier type leader, a guy who wasn't afraid to uh, surround himself with people who were better at what they were hired to do than than what he could be doing that thing. And so he surrounded himself with with people. Like that, and and, and that wasn't uh, that wasn't something he was um, uh, intimidated by. that wasn't something that uh, that bothered him. He knew that surrounding himself and leveraging the collective brain power around him would be great for the company and ultimately be great for him. and it was all of those things. Um, he's now managing a station in Dallas in, in one of the biggest markets in the country, and having huge success. And, and, and doing wonderful things for that market and that station there. And a big part of that, I think, was uh, was the kind of leader that he has always been. And one of the things he did was he brought books into the workplace, business books. And this was my first exposure in my early 30s to reading business books. That was It was a genre that I was not at all familiar with and just wasn't on my radar uh, just at all. I mean, it was completely naive. And my first exposure to that was – I believe, was Purple Cow by uh, Seth Godin, quickly followed by uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Pat Lencioni, uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins, and I just ate it up. Uh, and my love for reading was rekindled, or I should say uh, <laughs> uh, raised from the dead, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know, that, uh, since I was maybe uh, eighth grade, since I had any sort of love for reading. Um, and so it, 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 it was brought back through those experiences, and it just continued from there, and I couldn't get enough of this of this genre. And I saw over the next several years, the next probably eight or so plus years, I saw how that, uh, d- collecting that knowledge and then leveraging that knowledge, um, impacted my career trajectory in a super powerful, uh, positive way. Now, it's it's not enough just to read and fill your head with the knowledge. You have to take that, you know, uh, to the to the obvious next step, and that's actually, you know, put what you're reading, what you're learning, into practice and test it and retest it, and and only then does it have the opportunity to become wisdom. Uh, otherwise, it's just knowledge filling space in your head. So, uh, you know, reading is the first step, uh, but that alone does not make you an expert. I don't think. Uh, and so it it just it just skyrocketed from there. And and one day through all of that, and just listening to audiobooks on my commute often, and Having reading goals and this sort of thing, one thing led to another, and I came up with this idea one day to do this podcast uh, around which or around uh, this this topic I'm so passionate about. Uh, and I knew it was something that I would not tire of soon. And the chance to to encourage other people to do more of it, the chance to provide a vehicle um, that might make it a little easier for those folks you referred to who who mm-hmm. don't do much reading. Maybe this would be a uh, a little bit uh, simpler way for them to consume uh, books that they they would like to read but maybe don't have the time to read and on their commute uh, you know, this might be a way to do that of course audiobooks are, are a great way too but I thought this might be a nice alternative to that so my plan was to to take all those things I love to do to, to share what I'm learning with other people uh, to encourage uh, folks to read more and in the meantime you get it however you can from a podcast like this one Uh, And, and of course, the side benefits were chatting with authors whom I admired and and maybe having somebody hand me the occasional free book and and all that (laughs) has come to pass. I I mean, you
0: you just say so many things that just hit me. I mean, just taking something that you love to do Taking a passion, or, or you know, rekindled passion whether or or um, I mean, I you know, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I, I'm I'm with a university with an executive graduate program, mm. you know, so I'm part of the group of people that kill any desire for learning, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, especially when, especially when I used to teach at the undergraduate level. I mean, that that was the you know, I used to make a joke about it, you know. How many of you have the book for the course, and how many of you are planning not to ever open it? Um, you know, which is which was most, you know, because they were honest. You know, the but to, to take what you love to do, and, uh, and and finding ways. I mean, you just said two things: you taking what you love to do, and how do you share it with others? Mm. I mean, what an awesome job! <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, it's like you're living in America or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, and and when I was working in radio, I was, you know, reading and sharing a lot of what I was learning with my coworkers, and um, I had one in particular that uh, was always ready to hear what I had to share, and everybody else was like, "Okay, Jeff, go away." You couldn't you couldn't chase them down to make them listen. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but then around the time I left radio uh, is when the podcast began, and I knew it would help. It would it would be something and uh, a way I could scratch all of those those itches at the same time. I could share what I'm learning. I could do something I enjoy. Now, having said that, at the outset, this was not some way I was going to make my living. This was just something I was doing as sort of a passion project. I, I it was not my intention to. To earn an income and and make it my livelihood, that was just sort of down the road became a nice little side benefit of it all but in the in the early going that was that was the that was the furthest thing from my mind
0: and what what were you th- i mean obviously you're going to do this podcast and maybe make a buck or two or or not, or like you said get a free book or two <laughs> um were you looking at just going back into radio or
1: well when i left radio it was one of those situations where there was some reorganization happening and uh the company was doing some belt tightening this was a time i was working at a listener supported station and we were a couple hundred thousand dollars behind budget and um that was that was something that had been known for a few months and um and so some decisions were made to cut a few folks, uh, and they cut the three highest-paid, longest-tenured employees, of which I was one. Ah. And um, it wasn't a huge surprise. It was just a few months before that that this leader I mentioned a moment ago had left and gone to gone to Dallas, and um, he was the one who hired me in all those years earlier. And any time that happens, you you know you, and I've seen it before, you know when. The person that hired you leaves and somebody else eventually comes in and takes their place. Oftentimes, they like to make their own mark. And so there was kind of that in the back of my mind. And, and I looked in the beginning of 2013. I looked ahead and I talked to my wife about it. And I was like, you know, how, how much longer do I want to do radio? Do I want to still do radio? And I had determined and came to the decision that I had done everything in radio I'd wanted to do. And so what would life after radio look like? And so my wife and I began talking about that, and we didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. But in the spring of 2013, we made the decision together that by the end of the year, I would venture out onto my own. Um, and then June came, uh, uh, in case you're keeping score, is six months before the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, when, that's when the station made the decision that it made. And so I was kind of pushed out of the nest a little early, and that forced my hand on a couple of things, which were all positive things. In the back of my mind, one of the reasons why I was putting it off till December to leave was because I lacked confidence. Um, I was second guessing whether or not I was even making the right decision or if I was just crazy. You know, for the first time in my life, here I am in my 40s, and I'm going to do my own thing when I've been working for somebody else and depending upon a you know a, a paycheck for 25 years am i nuts you know what's going on in my mind and didn't know exactly how that was going to look and so there was all these doubts in my mind so when i got pushed out of the nest a little early and and nice little severance package along with it which didn't hurt um suddenly it was like oh wow now i don't have to second guess that decision anymore because i didn't make it <laughs> and now i could hit the ground running and that's exactly what i did now back up about three years uh, it, it's important to know that, that I started in the margins of life a side hustle that I'd been working on for about three years. And, and in my case, that was dabbling into mobile apps and, and then eventually websites, most mostly for small mom-and-pop local businesses. Okay. Businesses that assumed that the mobile app space was a space they would never be able to afford to be a part of, and I was trying to, uh, helping convince them otherwise. And so when I was pushed out, that's, what I jumped into head first. and the podcast was just kind of going on in the background. It had launched right around the same time. It was just, you know, continuing in the background. And, um, I did that for a total of about seven or eight months, but about five or six months into doing that, uh, I had people in a mastermind group I was in. Um, I had listeners to my podcast all saying to me around the same time, Hey, have you ever thought about a, a course on podcasting, or coaching, or consulting, or, or you know, all these different ideas related to podcasting? Because he all said, you know, if you did that, I would, I would buy that thing. <laughs> and I was like, huh. Well, that's that's not that's nothing I had ever considered. I, um, maybe I should maybe I should think about that. You know, we often talk about, or you hear talk about, you know, passion and doing that thing you're passionate about, but sometimes. We don't stop to think about, well, is that something people need? <laughs> yeah. And here I was being told, hey, here's a, here's a need I think you would be good at filling. Have you considered that? Of course, my first objection was, well, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, is right. doing that. John Dumas had just launched a Podcaster's Paradise right around the same time. And I thought to myself, well, you know, that's that ground is covered. But then those same people came back to me and said, well, you don't understand. You have your own unique experiences, unique uh, your own unique uh, take on things. You bring things to the table that they don't, et, yeah. cetera, et cetera. Well, long story short, I, I began listening to those people and started developing my what was initially an online course, uh, taught similar to how Cliff teaches his course, where you, you take you know twenty people through over the course of a month. But my course was strictly geared to people already podcasting. But peop- but people who wanted to put a fresh coat of paint on it, or take it up another level, or people who were specifically doing interview-based podcasts, but wanted to come out of the course, uh, you know, sounding more like uh, you know Charlie Rose, um, yeah. and less like you know where they currently were in their in their journey. And so, go,
0: go ahead and say it, less like Dale Callahan. I know what you're thinking, Jeff.
1: <laughs> <No, laughs> Crossed my mind. But I was I was targeting people who who were happy uh, to be podcasting, but, but, let, but let, I let, to let me stand out really it, above the fray.
0: I mean, I mean, this it sounds like to me, uh, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Is is that part of your radio expertise? Some of the thing, all these years of experience that that were coming to play that you didn't even realize.
1: Oh, absolutely It was all that. yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and the podcast that I was doing, though it wasn't at all a podcast about podcasting, it's the read to lead podcast. Yeah, it served a, as the calling card for, well, uh, here's here's how I do it. If you think this is decent, yeah. then I can I can help you do it this way as well. And it was all the radio experience coming together, uh, uh, certainly um, and and working with over years and years and years with talent coaches. A lot of folks don't realize that um, successful radio hosts often spend their days and weeks working, you know, again and again and again with with talent coaches, people who are, are who are dissecting everything you're doing on the air hmm. and taking it apart, telling you how much further yet you still have to go because you're not as good as you think you are, <laughs> yeah. and then then helping light the path on how to get there. People who have done it for decades and who understand truly how to leverage the intimacy of the medium and how to connect with an audience. And so those were things I was trying to then translate to podcasting and help podcasters understand how to leverage the intimacy of the medium and how to truly connect with their audience. And um, it started off really, really strong and continued that way for six or eight months. And then I made a switch, uh, pivoted slightly, um, although it's a little more difficult to scale, (laughs) <laughs> it's the opposite of scaling. I started doing one-on-one coaching and consulting. Um, and uh, one of the reasons I did that was because I, f- I was a little frustrated in the sense that uh, you know everybody's journey is so unique and so different. And um, the, the group coaching dynamic, I felt, didn't allow me to dig as deep with each individual as I would like. Yeah. And one-on-one yeah. coaching was going to give me that opportunity. hmm.
0: I mean, just so – I mean, number one, I never knew there was um, coaches for radio guys. Never mm-hmm. knew that. Uh, I mean, so there's – I'm guessing there's probably a whole industry there. Um, yeah,
1: it, it, it's it's surprising. Um, I, guess, I guess the answer to that question is yes, but uh, my experience – and I was fortunate to work for a company that hired the best in the industry. So my gotcha. experience was with just a handful of people throughout much of my career, but thankfully – they were the handful of people highly regarded in the industry. I'm sure there were others doing it, but I couldn't name any of them because I had the good fortune of working with with those folks many consider the top notch. Okay. Awesome.
0: I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously didn't know all this story. I mean, that's a – there's there's some – let me ask you – let me just ask you about the side hustle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, um, I mean, one one of the things I pitch to people all the time, Jeff, is, uh, it, it, I mean, for the typical corporate person who's out there making a living, you know, hey, I'm, hey, I'm making it happen. I'm, you know, bringing home the bacon. <laughs> you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully, I'm listening to a Dave Ramsey or somebody enough where I'm not spending all the bacon, you know, but uh, <laughs> or or at least in, in a controlled manner. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm always telling people, you've you've got all your eggs in one basket. You know, you've uh, as I as I just spoke to this high school group. You know, they were we were talking about entrepreneurship. And they were talking about how risky entrepreneurship is, and they want to go to work for somebody else, which was weird hearing from a group of high schoolers actually. And and so I was asking them how risky that is to have all of your income tied to one source. You know, and they kind of you know even as high schoolers they were like, oh yeah, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, you, you know and so one of the things i'm always trying to tell people is is to generate some side hustle to generate some money flowing and it sounds like you had money flowing It may may not have been go to the buy a new mansion on i'm <laughs> guessing but 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 you had money flowing
1: right yeah from the very beginning and it it's first i want to comment on on what you were just talking about um it's i'm i'm glad to hear that you were able to undo some of that uh i would go so far as to call it i don't mean to 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 rub people the wrong way but i would call it uh, brainwashing Uh, if our students are coming out of school thinking that my best option is to get a job working for somebody then that's a problem if they're coming out of high school thinking that the path for everybody is college that's a problem we we shouldn't be in this one size fits all mentality i know you know that but uh, that that really gets under my skin when i hear that so I'm excited to yeah. learn that you're in a place to be able to try to to undo some of that and, and help people realize, yeah, the risky option is working for somebody else. And it took me a long time to realize that. I used to think that safe was steady paycheck and health benefits yeah. and vacation days. Well, but when the, It feels pretty so safe it, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. The decision of one person can take it all away from you. And yeah. nobody's making that decision now. I mean, if I have a client that that disappears. Well, I've still got eight other ones over here, you know, and so uh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Now, back to your original uh, uh, question, which I've now completely forgotten. So if you can remind <laughs> me what it was. Well, I would just say, you,
0: know, you had, I was just pointing out and asking, I guess, clarifying, you had a side hustle with some money coming in.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate that within 30 days, um, again, I had been doing this for three years, sort of as, as the work came in, but when I, when I got pushed out, And I went headfirst into that side hustle. I I was very fortunate in that within 30 days of being pushed out, I looked at what I had invoiced. Now, I hadn't received all that in my hands yet, you understand. It might take another few weeks or months to actually see that come in. But I had invoiced within 30 days twice what I made in a month at the radio station. And so that helped erase... You know, if there were any doubts as to whether or not I need to be going out and looking for a job, that took away any any desire. I'm not saying that that desire was even there, but if any inclination came up that, oh, I, I need to get out resumes, I need to do, you know, that erased any of any of that thought altogether. And I knew that I knew that I knew that this being pushed out was exactly what was supposed to happen, and that I was to continue down this path to see where it led, even though I didn't have every single step completely and totally mapped out. Let let me ask you,
0: because you're saying you had a plan. I'm going to just assume your plan had you leaping in December. Uh, Somebody- That that was the extent
1: of the plan. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I hadn't figured all that out just yet. I just just set a date.
0: (laughs) I totally get it, yeah, which is a good start. It's a great start. (laughs) I I mean, um, do you feel like uh, and, and I'm, I'm guessing I'm asking you to project what did not happen, but had you not been booted out, uh, what what would have happened in December? Do you felt like you would have been less likely to actually do pull the trigger?
1: I, I think there would have been a definite possibility that I could have found an excuse to change my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this took away that excuse, uh, and, and I, I – <clears throat> It's funny, I was telling, I was having lunch with a trusted friend about a month before all this went down at the radio station. And I said to him, not knowing any of this was going to happen, I said, You know what, the best thing that could happen to you would be is if I got let go and got pushed out of the nest by their decision, not by my decision. Yeah. And that would really force me to evaluate things and take this leap seriously. And, so sort of be in a situation, you know, good or bad, just to figure it out as I went along. And that's what I ended up doing. Here I was looking at the next six months and saying, okay, I got six months to figure out what I'm going to be doing. And suddenly this, thing's ha- this thing happens and now I have to make it up as I go because I hadn't figured it all out yet. And that's exactly what I did. And, and, you know, you heard me talk about a couple of different pivots here and there. Well, I would, I would go down this road and then I would see the need for a pivot. And then I would go a little further and I would see the need for a pivot. And just continuing to sort of kind of iterate what I was doing. Along the way to earn a living, and I've continued now I've been doing the same thing now for a little over a year uh, as far as the main source of income yeah uh, but uh I, you know uh, if if I see the need in the future to pivot yet again, I'll be prepared to do it so i'm not I'm not married necessarily to any one specific thing, but I am fortunate right now that uh the the income that I do earn, all facets of it, three or four you know irons in the fire that there are, all come from Podcasting in one form or another, and so I do like hmm. that. It's not just one area of podcasting, but it's three or four different things right, related right. to podcasts.
0: Interesting. It, I mean, it, you know, and, and the reason I asked that question, and I realize it's kind of hard to predict, you know, figure out what was going on. Um, I see that all the time. I mean, when I was when I was in the corporate, you know, strict corporate world, which by the mm-hmm. way, I. I despised with every moment. <laughs> I mean, there, there was great times in there when, depending on who led you and your entrepreneurial boss versus, you know, the micromanager, which I tended to, somehow I'm, I migrated to micromanagers a lot. I'm not real sure how that happened. <laughs> uh, but, but it, you know, it, it was, it, and, and, and we can look back and say, it just wasn't a fit for me. You know, there's just some things that don't fit you. It fits the next guy. But, but when when I got the, you know, and I always call it the blessing of being booted, you know the, uh, <laughs> because it it pushes you into the gear, uh, that you might you although you're thinking it sometimes I don't know that we actually will do it, um, and it just happened to a very good friend of mine. He had this nice laid out plan of when to leave and. And uh, he was uh, talking about how important his job was, and he really was agonizing over leaving them hanging, you know. <laughs> and he went on vacation, and he came back, and they said, "Well, you know, your your six month plan, we're done with you. Thank you very much." Oh boy! And uh, you know, and so he had this plan, and, and I'm, I feel certain he was going to make the move. Yeah, but it was, he, he, and he's still in shock. <laughs> but uh, but you know, there's there's great blessing in that. There's just uh it, it helps to get clarity and uh and now I, I have I have to know this. You're talking to your wife about this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What am I gonna do? Am I gonna leave radio? Mm. Just knowing, just knowing, and I'm not generalizing, this is not sexist, but you know, mm. generally speaking, women, you know,
1: are a little more security based. Yeah.
0: How how are those conversations, you know, how is she responding?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad you asked that. Uh because it was interesting in that this job that I was talking about leaving, my wife at, and I at the time had been married for about 12, almost 12 years. And it was the only job she'd ever known me to have. I had started working for the company just a month or two before I met her. And so I had never had any other job as far as she was concerned. And so. Uh, You could see sort of the uh, the pupils dilate when we would talk. (laughs) Oh no, yeah, you know. Um, And I remember the day after it all went down, she came to me and she said, "Um, "Okay, I need to know you're either freaking out, and you're hiding it really well, or you're not freaking out." And then I was able to just talk to her about some of the things we've already discussed related to. You know this taking away any excuses i would have otherwise have had this this being the kick in the pants that i needed uh the side hustle coming into play and being the thing that would sort of uh, get us through until i was able to kind of figure out what was going to be next and that conversation and that reassurance was all she needed Uh, and she saw i think what was um, a, a confidence in me that it was all going to work out, and that we were going to be just fine, and and that's been you know almost two and a half years ago, and I've I've not sent out a single resume, I've not looked for another job. It's you know sometimes the month starts and we like, huh, I wonder what, the, wonder, wonder how this is going to end up at 30 days from now, but but never have we gotten to the end of the month and and been in a situation that we didn't want to be in. It's it's never happened, and um, I, I think um, a lot of that is just being willing to hustle you know being willing to to go after and it's interesting how much more focused you can be on that hustle when you don't have that nine to five job you know tugging at your at your coat every day i mean i'm uh it's it's an amazing feeling i used to fear uh the idea of not having a steady paycheck and it's almost you know, much like uh, those high school students you were talking it's almost laughable now for me to think that I once felt that way. It really is. It's subtle. It's a subtle shift, but at the same time, it's, it's an impactful mindset type of shift you have to make and understand that thing we were talking about a moment ago, that, that really this option is the less ris- risky option. We've been taught to think the opposite, but really this path is the less risky path uh, and I think more and more people need to understand that that's, that's the case.
0: Yeah. Boy, that's, it, 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 it's rampant. Um, you know, and, and I think it's been part of our culture for hundreds of years. So it's, it's not going away tomorrow. Right. right, as, right. as somebody was pointing out to me, so, I said, Dale, you can talk about this all day long. And you, you're not changing the culture overnight. And that's true. Um, you know obviously me and and a million other people are saying the same thing and, and mm. see it because I think there's a logic there. but but there's something you said there that that um that that kind of bothers me, Jeff, is, the, is you said you had the confidence. where Where do you think that came from?
1: <laughs> well, my confidence uh, comes in placing my hope and my trust in God. And so, for my wife and I, that was that was a, a time of of much prayer and seeking his guidance and reassurance that everything is going to be OK. You just do the thing you do and know that at the end of the month, at the end of the year, etc. cetera, that uh, even though I mean, I, here, here's an example. On my way, I just came from a lunch appointment Uh two, two, two things I want to point out. And this is this is to me God's providence in action. And not everybody's going to agree with that, but that that's that's this is my take on it. I just came from lunch with a guy who works for the local news station who reached out to me, I've known him for years, and said, hey, uh, we've had some folks uh, hitting early retirement. Uh, we don't use camera people anymore. We don't use sound engineers anymore. But what we do need is somebody to do voiceovers for us. W- would you be willing to be one of those people on call? Well, sure. I stand in front of a microphone all day long at my home office. I'd be... That's no big deal, and <laughs> guess what? It 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 it, it pays. So <laughs> I'm not doing it for free. And then I'm on my way home, and I get a call from a friend of mine, who's going out to Farmington, Farmington, New Mexico, in November, and um, doing a, a three or four day fundraiser there for a radio station, and says, "Hey Jeff, if you're free that week, I'd like for you to join me uh, and help me on this fundraiser. You've done some of that in the past, and oh, here by the way, it pays two thousand dollars." You know, and so here I here I am at toward the end of of September, and looking at October, going, hmm, October is not going to be as strong as September, I don't think. But then all of a sudden, in the span of you know sixty minutes on my way home, two things come to me and drop in my lap out of nowhere, neither of which I was pursuing, <laughs> uh, that are going to be tremendous uh, going forward. And so uh, that to me is are just a couple of examples of. Of of putting him first in all that I do, or attempting to anyway, doing the best that Jeff can do at that. Yeah. <laughs> My wife might argue that I don't do it some days as well as I could, uh, and she'd <laughs> probably be right. Uh, but uh, um, that that to me is is a perfect example of what I'm what I'm talking about, and and knowing that that I do what he's equipped me to do, and leave leave the worry and 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 the burden of all that other stuff to him.
0: Yeah. Now, no, no I I know, you know. Not ev- not everybody listening to this is Christian, and, and that's okay. And of course, I talk about that a lot. That that's okay. Mm. There's there's principles here. Uh, I mean, I, uh, but and I, I'm gonna on drill you on this a little bit because mm-hmm. I was having this conversation with a fellow church member of mine that, uh, and it was it was kind of the same conversation. And he's he's seeing he, he's seeing some of those signs that you matter of fact some very similar signs to what you said. His boss is now gone. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's seeing some handwriting on the wall, if you will, on his yeah. job. And, uh, so we're having this conversation and, and I'm telling him, you know, what you just you know, you know, you just, you, you just got to have, that's where your confidence is coming from. It's, you know, mm-hmm. God's got you covered, you know, and, and, and all these, you know, which is, at, I'm sure you can just look on his face and it's just platitudes, right? Uh, all <laughs> right, Thanks. Right. Thanks, <laughs> Dale.
1: That's not you're, helping, Dale. You're
0: buying lunch, right, Dale? You know? <laughs> I mean, because I mean, I totally, I totally get that. Uh, Did you feel that same sense? And then this is a faith issue, maybe more than anything. Did you feel that same sense before it happened?
1: Um, Let me make sure I understand your same, uh, same confidence. Yeah, the same
0: confidence that you know, hey, this. I mean, I mean, right after the initial shock, you know, how long did it take for Mm. hey, I really, I really have the faith here.
1: Well, it's it's interesting uh because i did kind of like your friend i did see the writing on the wall so when the morning came and the hr person from corporate showed up and we were told that uh she and the um, interim gm was uh we're going to be meeting with everybody individually that day i looked yeah. across the desk at one of my colleagues who had actually talked about this very thing happening with and she and i looked at each other and and our eyes communicated. Yep, today's the day that this is happening. I wonder who among us will still be here when the day is over. And she and I both were two of the three that were were gone by, by the time the day was <laughs> over. Um, and as I'm, I was, I think I was the s- first or second person to 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 go or or to to go to that meeting between these two. Um, and I've that's not the first time I've been in that situation. Uh, the first time was probably. 15 20 years prior and uh, uh, the, the first time I was not well equipped at all to handle it <laughs> there were tears involved there were there were you know like uncontrollable <laughs> tears in the hr person's office kind of kind of response yeah. and in this scenario, because my wife and I had had these conversations, because in the back of my mind I wanted to leave, because I had seen the writing on the wall, because the conversations had happened that needed to happen, the prayer that had needed to happen, it happened up to this point. When it was actually happening, I was as calm as could be. I I listened intently. When I, when the, when the when the meeting was over, it lasted I don't know ten or fifteen minutes. I stood up and looked them both in the eye and said i just want to thank you for the opportunity that i've had to work here these last 14 years it has been a thrill and i have nothing but good things to say about this company thank you very or something to that effect yeah and then reached out and shook both their hands and calmly left the room and began packing up my office and called my wife to let her know what was going on and um headed out the door and 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 it was in again a 24 hours after that or so when my wife was like okay You know, you're either not freaking out, or you're freaking out and you're hiding it really well. But there was, as soon as it happened, I was like, "This is God's will." I mean, I knew it. I mean, I just there was such a certainty about it. Uh, And and again, uh, you know, it didn't hurt that there was a, 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 you know, for 14 years of service, there was a decent severance package, and so I wasn't going to be hurting any time like in the immediate future. I had some time to get my thoughts together, so that that helped. That did not, did not, didn't hurt a bit. And so, uh, but there was never any sort of fear. I just thought, you know, God's got my back. This is going to be just fine. We're going to just we're going to be just fine. Um, And it started in that moment. I had no doubt that this was where He wanted me to be, because there was always part of that that second guessing I mentioned earlier. Part of it was, wait a minute, you know, I prayed for this job all those years ago, and am I supposed Hmm. to leave the job? That, that, that God has blessed me with, wouldn't that be sort of, you know, a slap in the face <laughs> to do that? And so part of the second guessing was from that. It was like, not not that I, I don't understand that, you know, things change, sure, you know, seasons come and go. Yeah. But th- that was part of the reason for the second guessing. I was like, well, gosh, God has blessed me with this for the last, you know, 13, 14 years. I hate to just walk away from it. But he gave me permission. This was him giving me huh. permission to walk away from it. Him saying to me with a wink, Jeff, this is okay. I got your back. Awesome. I can just imagine the HR
0: guys, especially if you're the first person in, thinking, looking at each other after you walk out, thinking, "Man, this is gonna be a piece of cake."
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wondered about. I wondered if each of the, of the subsequent <laughs> meetings was going to go that swimmingly. My understanding is that uh, the other, the third person, whose, na- whose name I'm not going to mention, that one didn't go so well. But we'll we'll yeah. leave that for another day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Of course, if they, if the, any, any HR person probably knows that it's not all going to go so smoothly.
1: Here's the thing about that. Just a few weeks ago, coming back from Podcast Movement um, in, in Dallas, I, I ran into the president of the company and his wife uh, that I used to work for. And uh-huh. as soon as he saw – I ran into him in New Media Expo in, in April as well, oddly enough. But when um, we saw each other in the airport, he came over. He was excited to see me. He reached out and shook my hand. He asked how I was doing. That would never be the case if I hadn't left on right. good terms. He would have been he
0: would have been ducking behind the counter and said, "Please don't let
1: me run into this guy." Totally. Yeah. And there's been yeah. two instances. Uh, one one of uh, the the now general manager who wasn't uh, who wasn't in place when I when I left, uh, but I, who I've known for years, he has since approached me and had me on his podcast. He's doing a podcast now. Um, uh, he the company the the um uh, one of the higher ups in the company has reached out to me about consulting them on a podcast they're thinking about doing none of which would be possible if there'd been bridges burned right. uh, it wouldn't be possible at all but but because we left on great terms because of how I conducted myself in that 10 minutes that determined how, how this relationship was going to be for the rest of of my life awesome
0: i mean this this is just i mean jeff this is just awesome stuff because i think that's You know, what you're talking about is just real. We're all living it. Uh, We all uh, dread it. Uh, You know, just the number of daily conversations that go on in the corporate world of, man, I'm hearing about layoffs. You know, I'm hearing, um, uh, what if, what if, you know, and we we spend so much time worrying about it. Um, You know, and what we're worried about is, you know, of course, not everybody's Christian. Not everybody has faith in anything, but, you know, what we— even those that are, you know, Mm. that we, we spend a lot of time worrying about what the future holds. Um, and, and, and not realize. And and I remember when I, when I left corporate, you know, the the stiff corporate job, you know, the, Mm. as I tell people, I, you know, I had suffered a, a, a cube, a corporate lobotomy, um, (laughs) which, which I think a lot of us do, you kind of go numb, you know, when you're doing things you don't really like. Um, and, uh, and I remember people saying, there's a whole world out there. There's a whole world where money flows. Of course, they were the people stuck in the cube. They were, they were singing the song but not doing the dance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when I left and I, I, I realized, wow, it's so easy to make money flow. And, and I'm not making light of that. I'm just like, I, I work less now to make more. Yeah. 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 And with a lot less stress. <laughs> yes. You know, um, you know and uh, that's a little, we- it's, it's a little weird and I still have a hard time getting my head around it. And I still don't even believe it at times.
1: I, but, I'm right there with you. It's, it's, it's a cool place to be. It really, really is. You hit the nail on the head work less uh, and, and making more. And sometimes, as you all know, you can create something once and, you know, make money in your sleep and see things, you know, oh, yeah, cash awesome. coming in, you know, because of, you know, six hours you spent one day working on something and, and the cash continues to, uh, to yeah, come in we, as yeah, a result. We, of we
0: started a company, I think it was 2006, where we were selling products online. And I, and I remember when – I remember getting the first emails, you know, on my phone telling me that, hey, you've sold something. And <laughs> it it, it kind of – I was actually kind of mad because now we kind of had – you know, we we had to do something. I mean, we were shipping product <laughs> at the time, you know, and – but my, I remember my wife telling me, "You're an idiot." You, you know, you, people are sending you money for stuff that you've done, and you and you don't, you, you've done it, you know. And I don't, I still don't think it's sunk in. You know that, that, that that's the world that there's a whole world out there of how you add value to people in ways that we we, we like. You said it's the culture. We're just not thought that way.
1: But yeah, again, and for years, you know, those who are, are out there making money online or making money, you know, on in late-night infomercials and this and that, it, there it was always this sort of uh, snake oil salesman vibe to it. But thankfully, through the efforts of people like, you know, the best-known one among them, I think is Pat Flynn, through folks like him and others, many folks have come to realize that there are legitimate, honest-to-goodness, uh, you know, caring people creating value and doing it online and, and making life a lot better for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you can be one of those people, then, then you've got a great future ahead of you. Yeah.
0: That's what, that's what I had some kids coming up to me afterwards in this, in this, uh, high school thing. And they were like, how, how do you make, I mean, we all got our heads around the entrepreneurship game. I'm like, just help people, you know, yeah. which would, yeah. you know, you and I were together at tribe up there with Jeff coins and, uh, uh, and and as I walked away from there, Jeff, is was that was the one message, and and it's weird because here we are where we were around a bunch of entrepreneurs, a lot, several of them doing very, very, very well, that mm-hmm. were speaking, um, and their message was just help people. Yeah. And maybe that's the simplicity in me, but that's what I walked away with is wow, you know these guys, they're really focused on serving. Mm-hmm. Um, which which is perfect that goes along with you know m- my faith and, and and gee i can I can be honest and full integrity and make more money and yeah. I still like still still struggle with
1: that you know I learned a lot from from uh from that conference in that regard and then since I've read a book that uh, a lot of your listeners have probably read a long time ago, uh, I only read it a few weeks ago and that's the go giver from from Bob Berg oh yeah and it very much um helps you kinda of wrap your head around that concept and just as an experiment I decided to uh, as a result of the tribe conference and then reading Bob's book around the time I, I went out on Facebook and said hey you know in case you don't know this is kinda of what I do for a living and if you've ever wanted to venture into this area I'd love to help you get started uh, and would be happy to do a free uh, call with you and I just put it out there and, and and limited to limited it to 10 people So the first 10 that comment on this this post, we'll meet and we'll have a, a chat, no strings, no obligations. Ended up having about 25 respond, and I ended up saying yes to all of them. Uh, and, and some of them are, are, are yet to, some of those meetings have yet to happen. Yeah. But I've had about a half a dozen of them so far, and for that attitude of just helping people. And although this was not a part of the plan, I think five of the six I've met with, yeah, that's right, five of the six I've met with so far. At the end of the call, with no prompting whatsoever for me, they've said, hey, would, would you mind sending me a proposal? Because I think I'd really like to hire you as my coach. And all I was Amazing. trying to do was just give back. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I, I totally, I, I mean, so, some people may hear that, Jeff, and say, well, that's a sales pitch. No, I totally believe you. I, yeah. But I've done that. Um, there are times you just like, I, I've heard the message. I, I'm just honestly just giving. And if you yep. walk away, I mean, Cliff's, Cliff Ravenscraft, when I interviewed him um, on a much earlier podcast, he, uh, he, and I remember telling him, you know, because he's got awesome content on his website about podcasting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I told him, I said, Cliff, I've just learned a ton from you. I said, I've never paid you a dime. <laughs> and you know, and he was—he was not only perfectly okay with that. He seemed like that's the way it should be. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a, there's a, you know, and I forget how he worded it, but you know, but there's a minority of these people that I'm going to to work with that need me, and they really do need me, and I can make a living off of that. And the rest of the people, I'm glad to help. And that's yeah. just—that's just awesome to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: The, uh, well, Jeff, I know I'm keeping you here for a long time, but there is one thing mm-hmm. I do need to get from you. Okay. Um, uh, so we, we got people listening, and hopefully people that are listening are readers, and you read a lot, whether that's mm-hmm. audible. I'll, I'll count audible.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and, and by the way, I, I will say as an audible person, and I think you are too, right, Jeff? Yep,
1: sure. yep.
0: As an audible person, there's, some, there's times it's daunting because some of these books are even long and audible. Um, yeah, yeah. So so what you're doing is awesome. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, really, getting a snippet of a book to get a feel for it, to get a feel for the author and what they're doing. I think I think there's um there's great value in and and sometimes in a book that's all we need is a snippet.
1: Yeah, that's ex- especially with with nonfiction type books, with business yeah. books. I think uh, oftentimes, um, you know, the the highlights, the 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 key insights and main ideas. And there are various uh, book summary services out there. There's even a former sponsor of my, I guess technically still a sponsor of my show, who has ventured into doing audio summaries of of books at my urging uh, at my listeners urging uh, one of the are. things that came out of them sponsoring my show was you need to do not just written versions of these but audio versions and we even did some bonus episodes on my show that were samples of what that would be like and got listener feedback on it and so and what i've done is you might argue is i've created a competitor uh but but at the end of the day <laughs> i'm about more people spending more time learning to me it's all about learning dan miller uh, one of my favorite authors author of 48 Days of for the Work You Love and, and Wisdom Meets Passion, No More Dreaded Mondays. Uh, one of the, Did you get all that down? Because you're have to put it in the show notes. I did, no, one,
0: yeah. what, <laughs> Dan's a favorite of mine, so I'll be glad to do that. Um yeah. be
1: glad to do that. Um, one of the things he said on my very first episode, he was my very first guest, and he says, if it ever becomes clear that I've stopped learning, dig a hole and push me in because I'm of no use to anybody. And to me, that could not <laughs> more accurately articulate how I feel about just life in general right
0: amazing that is that is that is that is so true so so I'm gonna put you on the spot with that okay okay so so for let's say I'm the typical corporate guy or I'm the person who's exploring I mean because if you're listening to this podcast you're exploring right you would have shut us off now you're in a and uh
1: and we uh hello you there Oh, Sorry, yeah, we lost each other for a second. Okay, I'm sorry Go ahead, right after I
0: said we would shut us off and I thought you were <laughs> thought you were joking there so. no, <laughs> I mean saying? so so I mean so what is it where would we start if I'm not a reader and mm-hmm. and uh, what are some of, what are some of Jeff's top shelf you know top things to recommend to dive into some of this stuff?
1: Yeah, I have a couple uh maybe more that I could recommend, especially if you're that person who is 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 looking to create some side income side income or uh, eventually uh, venture out onto your own if that's if that's part of kind of what the light at the end of the tunnel for you i would highly recommend a book by uh, you mentioned him a moment ago jeff goins called the art of work uh, which is a book that came out earlier this year um, i would also recommend um, in the meantime and, and your employer will love you for this as well Lynchpens by seth godin and understanding what it means to 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 truly be a linchpin at work where where you are right now in the meantime um i would also recommend a book that came out in the last month or two from Todd Henry called uh, louder than words um hmm. and the subtitle i think is harness the power of your u of your authentic voice harness the power of your authentic voice and he has another book that came out a couple of years ago that is probably to this day the book that i've uh, written up the most, dog-eared the most pages, highlighted the most sentences. Uh, it's a book called "Die Empty." Unleash your best work every day. Uh, and and those handful of books, the one from Jeff, the one from Seth, and then there's two from from Todd uh, that I think are are awesome places to start for folks who are in that in that kind of mindset we talked about a moment ago. Okay, awesome. We we'll get all those in the show notes for you. Because I have not read some of those, oh, okay. so uh,
0: so I've I've got some. Uh, an Amazon order is going in today. So, uh,
1: and if you want the uh, shortened then, version, uh, I've uh, with the exception of this of Lynchpins, I've right. interviewed each of those authors. Okay, about awesome. Of those awesome, books. And all so right, I'll, well, why don't I why I'll I'll put a, yeah,
0: yeah, we'll put a link to those episodes on there too. <laughs> a little little plug there. No, you need to. I mean, I, I really, you know, I, I say that I like. I mean, I love to read, but there, there is content overwhelm, you know. And I do. I have, I have a shelf sitting behind me with just books because mm. I think my, I think my wife has a direct, I think there's a direct little shoot on Amazon's warehouse straight to my front door. I'm not sure. <laughs> you probably have that problem too, Jeff.
1: I do. Yes. You know
0: the, uh, <laughs> you know, but you, but having having summaries, you know, hearing some things and and bite sized things, I think I just think it's awesome um, because that's how I read books a lot of times quite frankly, you know, I skim them pretty quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And with Uh, business books or nonfiction books, that, that's a lot easier to do and you can go right to the parts, you know, that interest you and you you don't have to read the thing from cover to cover if, if not all aspects of it are, are in your wheelhouse. Right. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. All right. So the, what we need, how do people learn more about Jeff and your podcast?
1: Well, yeah, I'd love, thank you for asking. I'd love for folks to visit the website. Um, it's, it's long, but it's read to lead podcast.com. And to go to the uh, episode archives uh, page uh, there at the, the top menu, you can listen to any and all past episodes. Um, I mentioned uh, not interviewing Seth Godin about linchpins, but I have interviewed Seth Godin about his most recent book called What to Do When It's Your Turn. And that's one of my favorite episodes, episode 66. Yeah, I remember you telling me about how
0: get, getting him on an interview was an awesome thing because he's not an easy guy to get.
1: Well, especially uh, considering uh, that my my love of reading was rekindled by a Seth Godin book all those years ago, uh, a book called oh, Purple so Cow. so true, yeah, so and true. And so it was like full circle. It was like really surreal to sit down and chat with him when he was – was responsible for some of that, that that resurrecting that love for reading. Um, but yeah, read com. my email Jeff at read com. I'd love to hear from folks who, who uh, want to chat or have questions about what I do or how I do it. I, I'll help however I can. Awesome.
0: We'll get you all, we'll get people that are listening started on a podcast. Excellent, awesome. <laughs> and you can, you can help them out and solve other problems. You know podcasting is so it's like everything else is so simple. And yet, there's so many nuances, and you know, uh, (laughs) it's probably very simple to you. You know, you've done it. You've probably done numerous ones now of helping people. (laughs) I'm
1: guessing. Yeah, it's it's been a true joy, and to be able to take you know uh, what I've spent a quarter century doing, and then being able to translate that to this to this medium has been a real treat. Awesome. Well, Jeff,
0: thank you so much for being here with us. Um, My pleasure. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to have you back. I'm, we're going to grab some, some other sessions. We'll put all this in the show notes for Jeff and, um, and uh, get you on. I'm not sure what episode this will turn on, but at the beginning of the intro of the podcast, you will know. So thanks a lot,
1: Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Dale. Appreciate it very much.